You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 12th, 2018, the day after the 2018 season. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And we have finally reached the end of the NBA season, or at least the NBA regular season, the end of the road for the Orlando Magic. The playoffs will start without them on Saturday. Orlando closing out their season with a 101-92 victory over the Washington Wizards. I'll have a complete recap of that game, all the lottery implications, as well as some final thoughts on this game and on this season. Of course, I'll be at Exit Interviews Thursday. I'll have an episode with with bites from Exit Interviews uh, for you on Friday, so be sure to check that out as well. We'll be diving directly into the offseason very, very quickly up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You know, we are, we are perhaps expecting some news to come down very soon. We'll have all of that happening as it happens on Locked on Magic. I know I've said over the last few days, that I'll be scaling back a little bit, and that is true, but we will still be here when stuff happens to get to the big news quickly. So definitely, definitely, definitely stay with Locked On Magic. Now that the season is over, the fun is just beginning because there's a lot of work to do for this Magic team in the offseason. Even with the win, there's still a high lottery pick coming this way and still a lot of reasons to be at least cautiously optimistic. I, I'm, I'm an optimist personally, and I think that annoys some people sometimes, um, especially because I can be a trolling optimist at times, uh, but uh, but definitely uh, an interesting and intriguing offseason coming up for the Orlando Magic, and you're going to want to stick with Locked On Magic throughout the next couple of months to get the most of it, so definitely, definitely, definitely stay with us here on Locked On Magic. Of course, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. If you're looking, though, to keep up with the rest of the NBA playoffs, I highly suggest you check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can, of course, follow them online now at LockedOnSports.com. That's a, a constant feed of all the Locked On podcasts across all the networks, NBA, NFL, MLB. But you can also check out the Locked On NBA podcast. That covers the NBA in general and, of course, the individual teams, too. If you're wanting to hear what the reaction is from the Minnesota Timberwolves' big win over the Denver Nuggets, you can go to Locked On Wolves. If you want to hear what depression feels like, you can go to Locked On Nuggets. If you want to hear what the Atlanta Hawks are thinking about the Magic's uh, big win, you can check out Locked On Hawks. There's a Locked On podcast for every NBA team, and it's the best way to stay up with the entire NBA playoffs. So definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. Well, I've delayed the inevitable. I'll rip off the Band-Aid right now. The Orlando Magic defeat the Washington Wizards 101-92 in the final game of the NBA season. This was a game that, yes, had some major lottery implications. We cannot go anywhere without mentioning it. It's all people talked about on my Twitter throughout the game. They were like, what are the Magic doing? They're trying to win They're trying to win this game. Of course, they're trying to win this game. They're, they're basketball players. That's what they do. Uh, they're they're going to blow this opportunity, and and yeah, I I sat here on the podcast yesterday and said yeah, the, the the Magic should probably lose this game, and the Magic don't have much incentive to win, and 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 I agree with all that, and and I, and I get it, and 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 everyone seems to get it honestly, but that's never been the approach that Frank Vogel has taken. That's never been the approach the Magic have taken. Um, they did a lot 
to try and lose this game. Let's 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 be clear. I'm not trying to 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 put down any player that that went out there because they played really really well. The Magic played a really good game. Um but a lot of guys did or at least the rotation, the players that Vogel used the way minutes were distributed, excuse me. Certainly suggested the Magic didn't have the greatest interest in winning this game. Of course, the implications being now, if the Magic had lost this game, they would have tied for third worst, third third best odds in the lottery. 121 number combinations, tiebreaker on Friday to uh, to to figure to to figure out where which combinations they would get for the NBA draft lottery. A win leaves them with just 88, so a difference of 24, 24 number combinations. I continue to make this joke. I will continue to make this joke. This might have been the win that guarantees the Magic the, the number one pick or top three pick. You do not know. It is a lottery. It is pure chance. Yes, more chances is good, but less chances is not necessarily bad. It's about having the right number combination, not more number combinations. Whichever one pops up is the one that wins, and the Magic may have gotten that one. That's my mindset. I get it's trolling a little bit. I use it as a trolling technique to kind of point out the absurdity of the lottery. But the Magic were trying to win this game. Or at least the players were trying to win this game. That's always been the team's approach. And Frank Vogel spoke after the game directly to, or was asked about it directly after the game. What do you say to fans that didn't, that aren't happy that the Magic won this game? And he had this to say. I understand them. Um, but you know, you, you, you go out and you compete to win and, um, you know, that's all you can be concerned with, uh, at this level, the, the, the coach level, the player level. And, um, what I would tell them is we're going to get a good player at four five, six, seven, wherever we pick, and we're going to get a good player that's going to help us going into the future. So, um, you don't worry about the, uh, you know, the, the, the positioning, you know, when you're, when you're managing the team. So. How did this unfold? And I hope I hope that satisfies some people. It probably won't. So how did this game unfold? The Magic played their starters for the first quarter. Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, DJ Augustin played 12 minutes in this game the first quarter, and that was it. That's all they got. That's all they needed. But they really did help set a tone. The Magic played as energetic and as loose and as, uh, and as hard as we've seen them play in a long time on both ends, to be honest. The offense was not efficient. The Magic only shoot 42.9% for the game. Uh, and, and it was around 44, 45% for, for, the most, for most of the game. The Magic weren't terribly efficient, but they were working hard. They were getting after it. They were making life a little bit miserable for Washington. And I think Washington wasn't expecting it. I think Washington came into this game sort of expecting the Magic to kind of roll over and, and die, roll, kind of roll over and let them win the game. And it, it had that feel about it where the Wizards just kind of felt like, we're going to show up and we're going to win because we're the Washington Wizards and we're the better team. That is not how things work. That's that's very rarely how things work, especially especially in the NBA. So the Magic took it to them. The Magic kind of had them flat-footed. Aaron Gordon made three three-pointers in the first quarter, ended up with 11 points, 4-for-9 shooting, 3-for-5 from beyond the arc. A really strong start for him. I thought he was aggressive. I thought he was... It decisive, and I, and I thought that he made his decisions quickly. When he makes his decisions quickly, when he makes his move quickly, and isn't just kind of dribbling around probing, 
he is a very, very effective player. Let's not forget that. I, I think we nit, we've we nitpicked his game a lot over the course of the year, and we'll have plenty to talk about Aaron Gordon moving forward as well as, you know, very possibly, you know, possibly, but not likely this was his last game in a Magic uniform. Let, 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 let's not be completely unreal about that. But, uh, you know, a lot of really good things from other guys, too, I thought. And, and, and so the Magic started off on a good tone. Then in came Bismack Biombo. Frank Vogel said Bismack Biombo played the best second quarter, uh, or one of the best second quarters of the season. 11:49 played the second quarter, and that was it for Bismack Biombo. I mean, he played, I think, a little bit in the third quarter, too, but didn't play a lot. Six points, three rebounds, nothing to write home about. But again, just solid effort. And then came in Ken Birch. And I think Ken Birch completely changed the tenor of this game. At the point of the game where the Magic usually start to drop the ball and drop the energy a little bit, Ken Birch came in and kept it up. And that's really been what Ken Birch has done throughout this entire season, throughout every stint that he's been in. He's been the guy that just brings a lot of energy and, and kind of keeps everyone's energy level up. And he did that stupendously throughout the game. He was constantly around the basket. Ten, uh, He had nine rebounds, three offensive rebounds, 13 points, seven for 10 from the foul line. He got to the foul line five times for 10 free throw attempts. The guy was just all over the place in a good way, not in an out-of-control way. And it kept the Magic's energy up. Orlando built a 10-point halftime lead, and it felt like, okay, the Magic have played great. This is exactly what you want to see. You want to see the Magic have this kind of an effort. But you also expected Washington to take control in the second half. I mean, I think we were all joking at the time. Dallas had a, had a double-digit lead on Phoenix. They lost by 20, 30 points. The Magic undoubtedly are a more talented team than Dallas. I think we can all agree Dallas is a worse team than the Magic despite how close they are in the standings. So, the Magic seemed like they were waiting for Washington to take control, and Washington did. Jody Meeks hit a bunch of shots in the third quarter. Bradley Beal started to try and take over a little bit. The Magic's offense started to fall off a cliff as their regulars were done for the night. Washington did take the lead for a little while, and it was felt like, okay, Everyone's going to get what they want. Me, the culture guy, the guy who likes to believe that the team is winning and playing hard. I got to see a great first half. Team built what they needed to build. Got overwhelmed at the end because, yes, the Magic are trying to lose this game. The Tankers obviously get the loss that they want to, to get that high draft pick. But Washington was never able to get over the hump. They were never really able to pull away. The Wizards shoot 34.7% from the floor. Bradley Beal shoots only 4 for 15, 1 for 7 from beyond the arc. Kelly Oubre Jr., 3 for 10, 2 for 7. It, the guys that Washington needed to step up, the guys that Washington needed to score, never started scoring. Orlando gives up just 17 points in the fourth quarter. They outscore Washington 25 to 17. So what was what a one-point lead at the end of three quarters turned into a nine-point victory. The Wizards never came and give all credit to the Magic. Really, give credit to the Magic. Their defense disrupted Washington and took advantage of the lazy play the Wizards had. The Wizards were not sharp in any way. They were lazy. 
lot of passes flung around and deflected, a lot of forced shots, a lot of difficult shots at the rim, and a lot of missed open threes. Orlando had them reeling. Orlando had them beat. And that was really what was most impressive about the whole game. The Magic played hard and won just on pure determination and hard work. It wasn't about making shots. It wasn't about anything except their willingness to work harder than the Wizards were that night. And Washington, they're a better team. They kept it close. They had their chances to win. But Orlando made the plays at the end of the game that they needed to make to pull it out. And it was something that, yes, everyone was happy about. You know, just going into next season with uh, more confidence, also to finish up strong, you know, it's, it's kind of hard just thinking that you lost your last game and also you didn't play well. So that's why I came out hard. And I, that's why everyone else came out hard. That was Magic Center Kem Birch talking after the Magic's win over the Washington Wizards. Again, whether you believe that momentum can carry over to the offseason, I'll admit I'm skeptical that this one will. The Magic, as a group, are very happy about the win. There have been so few of them, just 25 this season, that they're going to take them wherever they can get them. And really, that's going to be what we'll talk about here to close out this season. But before we do that, let's run through the stats. Final statistics for the final game of the season. The Magic led in scoring by none other than Rodney Purvis. 16 points, 5 for 13 shooting, 5 rebounds for him. You know, solid game for Rodney Purvis. I didn't even realize he scored 16 points. Not an efficient shooting night, but he got himself going, so... Um, good way to end the season there. Mario Azonia with 15 points, nearly messed around and got a triple-double. Eight rebounds, six assists, five turnovers. Three for nine shooting, three for five from beyond the arc. Uh, made some contested shots, made some good shots, made some great plays off the bounce. Um, you know, really, to, to me, one of the things that I have been happiest about, and I know it doesn't sound that way to some people online, what I have been most happy about and most encouraged by for the future of the Orlando Magic as well as the future for Mario Zonia is how Mario Zonia has developed this year. He's still got a long way to go to realize whatever potential he had as the fifth overall pick. But he's turned himself into a very solid NBA player, and I think he will continue to improve. I think that he will continue to get better, continue to refine his skills, and, and now I think he has a little bit of confidence and a little bit of belief in himself. And if he can find a place that will believe in him in the same way, uh, you know, maybe not as a starter, obviously, but but as a bench player, as a, as someone who can come in and, and keep growing the way he's grown this year, he's going to have a successful NBA career. So I'm very, very happy for Mario Azonia. Great way to finish the season. Made positive contributions despite poor shooting, uh, which was unimaginable just even in October. It's just completely unima unimaginable. Still got a long way to go. Still got a lot to improve on, but um, a very solid finish there. Uh, as I said, Aaron Gordon, 11 points, 4 for 9 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, made his first three three-pointers. So yes, he did finish 1 for 6 the rest of the way. Like I said, when he makes quick decisions, when he doesn't think, when he doesn't probe, when he doesn't over-dribble, he is a very strong offensive player. So I think he's got to work on his footwork and the post especially. He's got to work on his one-on-one -on -one game still, and he's got to work on his passing. Because when he over-dribbles, that's when he's got to pass. That's not when he's got to score. That's not when he's got to force a jumper. Um, and, and I think he even admit that, admitted, admitted that that's something that he wants to work on this offseason when he spoke to us after shoot-around. Other notables. 
Cam uh, Birch, like I said, 13 points, 3 for 3 shooting, 7 for 10 from the foul line, 9 rebounds for Cam Birch, another solid game for him. He really looks like he's someone that should stick on the roster. Aaron Aflalo, 12 points, 5 for 7 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc. Had a nice run in the second quarter where he looked like Aaron Aflalo, the one that we remember. Um, the guy that uh, could hit a turnaround jumper and hit a, a mid-range jump shot and was just a savant from, from that range. And so, uh, a really I thought a really nice effort from Aaron Aflalo. Probably his best game of the year. It's been a rough season for him on the court. What being in Orlando meant a whole lot more to him. I was very... Very happy to see him finish the season strong as he did today or did on Wednesday. Uh, so so great effort from Aaron Aflalo. Uh, not a lot of other notable score lines. C.J. Augustin had seven points in his twelve minutes. Nikola Vucevic two points, one for five shooting. But Frank Vogel said perhaps his best defensive game in a Magic uniform or in a Magic uniform this year. One of his better defensive games, at least for the most recent stretch. Terrence Ross had eight points, three for nine shooting, one for five from beyond the arc. Still showed plenty of rust, airballed a few shots, but he was letting it fly. He was willing to take shots, and and I, I thought looked a lot better today than he did Sunday. Um, made some tough shots, made some nice plays off the bounce. Uh, I thought that he was really looking good uh, as well, and it, it's really unfortunate that the season is over and he doesn't have more time to continue improving and continue taking the steps forward uh, after his injury that 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 you would like to see him take. Um, like I said, Orlando shoots just 42.9% from the floor. They do make 13 of 32 three-pointers, giving them the franchise record, franchise single-season record for three-pointers made in a season. Um, that came very early on in the third quarter. Three-pointers were really what buoyed the Magic's offense throughout the game. Washington did not have an answer for them. They were getting open threes. They were moving the ball really well. Uh, 20 assists on 33 field goal makes um, for the Magic. They shoot, again, 13 for 32 from beyond the arc. Washington, like I said, was really, really sloppy all game long. They give up 22 of 27 shooting from the foul line. Orlando wasn't much better on the foul front, but Washington left a lot of points on the board. Washington shot 16 for 27 from the foul line. That's 11 points that you don't get in a nine-point game. If Washington wanted to win this game, and they could have, they needed to make their free throws. They were not making their free throws all game long, and, and, and so the Magic end up with the 101-92 to victory. Again, not a whole lot to say. Washington moves on. They'll play the Toronto Raptors as the eight seed against the one seed in Toronto on Saturday in game one, the Magic going home, but the Magic getting the victory, 101-92. to And again, whether you want to believe that the Magic can carry things forward or, or that this win means something, you know, let me say that to the players, yes, this game did mean something. And after a brief pause for what will hopefully be some, some ads, sorry, we do have to pay the bills, you'll hear from Nikola Vucevic to explain why this win was important. I was trying a way to end the season. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, the season didn't end this early, and obviously, uh, with the record like we had, but last game, it was fun to win. You know, it was great to see the young guys come in and play really well, play together. You know, I was from the bench cheering. Uh, so I just thought anybody that was on the court tonight really stepped up, played uh, really well, and I think it was uh, great also for the fans, you know, in a way for us, you know. Uh, Thank them uh, for the support throughout you know this tough season uh, by you know getting a win. Uh, 
doesn't mean much, but uh, it's always better than uh, Magic center Nikola Vucevic there talking about the Magic's 101-92 to victory. And yes, you know, I, I, I addressed the lottery implications earlier in the show, and, 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 I, and, and I understand them and, and, and don't, again, agree with your right to believe that that's the way the Magic should go. But... I'm often remember. I'm often reminded that these are human beings as well, and then their job is to win in basketball games. That is their job, and, and whether they're able to do it or not it, at, at, over an 82 game season is is a question for sure. And, and, and the Magic will be trying to answer that question better over the off season. But for one night, for for this one night, the Magic had everything clicking. Not everything, but enough of it clicking. They did what they had to do to win the game. They fought hard. They played for each other. Frank Vogel was saying throughout the day that, that the one thing that he really enjoyed about this group was that they seemed to be really tied together. And one thing that he's encouraged about for building the winning culture that he wants to build is that the players on this team never seem to give up on each other. It would suggest that the problem is more about talent level than chemistry, than, than anything else. And guys seem genuinely happy to have won this game. This wasn't just a going home from school or going home and being done. This was maybe something a bit more. I'm under no illusion, and I am a culture guy, I'm under no illusion that Wednesday's win is going to dovetail into success next year. I, I, I don't believe that. The, in fact, I was telling people all day that my belief that the team should have focused on culture failed. They, if that was what they were trying to do, they did not succeed in it. The Magic did not establish the habits that I wanted to see. And so, yeah, we know the Magic are making changes. Guys who are going to establish those habits and change the course and direction of this franchise. But again, for one night, the Magic could just feel good about on-court performance. To so the 17,598 paid attendance, announced attendance at the Amway Center, they could just enjoy a good night of basketball. Was it the best basketball in the world? No, not at all. Is it clear that this team has flaws? Yes, every single flaw that we've talked about all season. But but for one night, it just all clicked. And you could be proud of that logo on the chest of the, the City Edition jerseys. You could be proud to be a Magic fan. Even if you're pro-tanking, the fact that this Magic team fought so hard, that's a good thing. That's, that's what the tanking crowd wants to see, a team that fights hard but comes up short. Tonight they didn't come up short, or Wednesday night they didn't come up short, but they played really hard. That counts for something, right? Again, the bottom line is we know that changes are coming this offseason. It may very well start with Frank Vogel. He did not want to address 
his future or the team's future or do much of an autopsy of the season. His focus was solely on this game. His future comes tomorrow, or I guess today, because you're listening to this on Thursday. Now is his future. Now we can talk about the future. Now we can begin discussing in very seriousness about what comes next. That wasn't what Wednesday was about. Wednesday was about enjoying the now, just one more time. Because believe it or not, you're going to miss Magic Basketball when it's over. And it's over. You're going to miss it. September for training camp, July for summer league in Vegas. That's a long way away. That is not tomorrow. There are no, there's no game to watch tomorrow. There's no game to watch Saturday. There's no game to watch Sunday. The grind is over. And we've learned a lot this year. We've learned a lot about this roster. Maybe stuff we already knew, confirming what we knew. Jeff Weltman has surely learned a lot. And so the team will probably look very different when they reconvene in September. They will probably look very different. And that's something that I think the Magic are ready for. Aaron Aflalo really said it best. This win was, was for the fans. This win was for the, the people who showed up every day to support the team and, and to give them something to feel good about heading into the offseason. But ultimately, this win is meaningless. Ultimately, it's too little too late. And this franchise, this organization is at a point where they got to start taking steps to 500, to competing for, for, for actual prizes, for the playoffs. And that's something the Magic haven't done yet. And that's going to be the quest this offseason, to begin taking those steps. Wednesday's win was not a first step. Wednesday's win was closing the book, closing a chapter of this franchise's history. And so it wasn't a happy story. But it got an uplifting ending. And now we see how the plot thickens and what comes next. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic and listening throughout the entire season. 82 games is a long time. We've been at this since October, I think it's October 18th. So 10, six months of this. I want to thank you all for being part of this journey. Again, the Orlando Magic finished their season at 25 and 57. They'll have the fifth best odds at winning the NBA draft lottery. We will continue our coverage of the Magic. Do not worry. Player evaluations will start next week. I'll have... Uh, audio from exit interviews on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. So stay with us even now even now that the season is over. But I want to again, like I did la- yesterday, take the time to thank you all for being part of the conversation, for being part of this journey. Um, I hope I've been a fair presenter. I hope I've been a fair narrator. Hope I've added some insightful commentary. I hope I have acknowledged 
when I'm wrong or when there is a disagreement with me. I, I, I agree when I am alone, it is sometimes easy to get stuck in my own thoughts and my own uh, um, uh, viewpoint. I try to make sure I get other viewpoints in here. I try to acknowledge uh, my shortcomings when I can. Uh, and so I appreciate all the interaction with Locked On Magic, with Orlando Magic Daily. I appreciate you all. I, if I troll you sometimes, I apologize. Um, it, it, it's been a long, difficult season for Magic fans. I'm here to be vented at sometimes. Sometimes when you vent at me, I push back a little bit. I apologize if I if I crossed any lines. I don't think I did, but you know, but you never know. Um, but I want to thank you all for being part of this journey, for being, for making the second season of Locked On Magic truly another successful one. We have a lot more stuff coming up for you over the next couple of weeks. I've got a guest lined up next week to talk a little bit more about the state of the magic. Going to be an interesting conversation there. I'm really excited about it, and we'll have plenty to go with the offseason as well. So stay with Locked On Magic. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, continue following the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as liking us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can also follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Tomorrow we'll have updates from eggs interviews all over Twitter on at omagicdaily. And of course, on orlandomagicdaily.com, we'll also have our first in Zach Palmer's look at where the Magic go next. He'll be looking at Frank Vogel and the dilemma facing the Magic with Frank Vogel Um or the dilemma they will have faced. We're hoping to publish it before any news breaks, but if news breaks, we'll have that as well, and and, and Zach will adjust his, his column and, and explain why the Magic shouldn't blame Frank Vogel for their problems this year. Once again, I want to thank you all for being with us throughout this entire season. I know it's been difficult, um, but every year is unique, and it has its fun. I hope we had some fun together. I hope we shared some frustration together, and I hope that we enjoyed our time and our discussions together. As, as, I will, as I've said numerous, numerous times, I think the Magic fan base is as strong as it has ever been. Hungry for a winner. That is the key. They are hungry for a winner and willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And I know we have some heated debates. It all comes from a place of love. And I know that and I understand that. And I think the Magic fan base, again, is extremely, extremely healthy. Um... People are showing up at the arena still. People are frustrated with the defeats. People are frustrated with the constant, uh, constant, constant losing. And we all want to see this team win. And that is a great place to start. And I know that the Magic are in a good place to start. And I think that the Magic will begin taking those steps forward this summer. That's going to do it for me for now. I'll see you all again tomorrow from Exit Interviews. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. Until next time, this has been Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.